Hello, listeners. This is episode 43 of the Maroon Weekly. It is Sunday, May 19th, and we are headed into week eight of spring quarter. My name is Ram. And I'm Isaac. And we have a few stories to cover today, so let's get straight into it. Isaac, you have a story about housing, right? Yeah, so the dean of students, Michelle Rasmussen, visited an inner house council meeting on May 7th. And Rasmussen discussed various aspects of campus life, including the Woodlawn Residential Commons, the two-year housing requirement, and student health facilities. So what did she say about the new dorm? She opened by stating that the construction of the new Woodlawn Residential Commons, which the university plans to open in September of 2020, is a priority for her office. The facility will house roughly 1,300 students and will include its own dining hall, which will be the new location for the International House Tables. And she said that in conjunction with the new dorm, administrators from Princeton, Cornell, Johns Hopkins, and Northwestern have conducted site visits to learn more about UChicago's on-campus housing. So you mentioned the two-year requirement. What did she say about that? She commented on her concerns about the two-year housing requirement starting this fall, but she thinks that the first two years are really important for students to get their feet underneath them, to get familiar with all campus has to offer, and to feel connected with the community. She said that this was not met with total praise and that she acknowledges that some students will want to move off campus eventually, but she feels the two-year requirement will be very beneficial. And finally, she announced plans for the new Student Health and Wellness Center that will open in 2020 as well and all aspects of counseling, health, and health promotion will be housed in this facility. But to house short-term resolutions, Dean Rasmussen discussed the hiring of a health administrator who will lead a deep-dive investigation into health and wellness and the challenges that may be faced when accessing such services. And this audit will lead to practice changes that will improve student health and wellness overall. In addition to this story about student life, the new student government slate elected this week will go into office fall quarter, and the CARE slate will compromise the new executive slate. While a number of students showed their political engagement in various forms on campus, such as changing Facebook profile pictures or holding rallies and voicing their support on different platforms of social media, many students are still left wondering what student government is actually responsible for. So what are CARE's primary goals? The primary focuses of the CARE slate are focuses on transparency, inclusivity, and community. Their aim for transparency includes improving UCPD accountability, increasing the transparency of university administration and student government, and working on emergency guides to provide information for students facing crises, such as financial or mental health emergencies. For inclusivity, they aim to improve support systems for marginalized communities, such as students of color, LGBTQ plus students, those with disabilities, and first-generation and low-income students. These planned improvements include better access to resources such as mental health services, as well as financial support. But aside from just CARES platform, student government works to represent students, both undergraduate and graduate, to the Board of Trustees. It passes budgets for student organizations and initiatives such as campus sustainability, along with bills. Additionally, student government organizes various supports for the student body, such as the emergency fund and shuttles to Midway and the O'Hare airports. So how is student government divided because of all the elections recently? So student government is organized into four areas. The executive committee, which is the care slate, the graduate and college councils, and a number of committees, including the community service fund, the finance committee, and the sexual assault awareness and prevention committee, among others. The executive committee is the primary leadership body for student government. It primarily works to prepare and execute policy, including policy proposed by other student government branches, and oversees all funding within student government. 
The graduate council represents graduate students in the college, while the college council is made up of four members of each of the four undergraduate classes. The graduate council represents graduate students to the Chicago administration and also organizes events for grad students on campus with an emphasis on encouraging interaction across divisions and schools. Finally, the various standing student government committees allow student government to handle student needs and provide funding for specific areas of interest. These committees can be applied to through an online application process. Each committee is specific to a type of social or campus initiative. For example, one of the committees that recently showcased their student government engagement was the Major Activities Board because Summer Breeze happened just yesterday and I know lots and lots of students went out to see the concert and other carnival-based activities all across campus. And in addition to its standing committees, student government also creates subcommittees to work on specific short-term projects. Just to shift the focus away from the University of Chicago for a moment, Northwestern University announced on Monday that it would join the Chicago Quantum Exchange, which is a research collaboration sponsored by the University of Chicago to advance the field of quantum science. Could you tell us more about the Chicago Quantum Exchange? Yeah, so the Chicago Quantum Exchange is based at the university's Institute for Molecular Engineering and is a collaboration among more than 100 academic and government researchers to advance fields of quantum information science. The member institutions of the CQE include the U.S. Department of Energy's Argonne National Laboratory and Fermi National Accelerator Laboratory, the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Has Northwestern partnered with UChicago in anything else? Yes. In the 1990s, the two universities created one of the first National Science Foundation Centers for Science and Technology to focus on superconductivity. And more recently, the two universities have been collaborating at the Center for Hierarchical Materials Design. Just goes to show that rivals can work together sometimes. Graduate Students United, or GSU, announced Wednesday that they are holding a strike authorization vote, a move that represents a major escalation of GSU's ongoing efforts to bargain with the University of Chicago's administration. So when did voting for this happen? Members began voting on Wednesday and will cast their ballots through the weekend to decide whether the union should go on its first strike. In-person polling locations are at the Regenstein Library, the Quantum Cafe, and the School of Social Service Administration, and are open through Friday afternoon. GSU will release the results of the vote next week, and a strike will likely be held by the end of this academic year. Though graduate students voted to unionize 19 months ago, as you guys probably already know, the administration has not yet recognized the union. And GSU has used a variety of demonstration tactics, including a walkout last October, work-ins or events designated to make graduate student labor visible, and most recently, a May Day demonstration with the University of Chicago's Labor Council to push the university to recognize it. The walkout was the largest escalation of GSU's efforts for recognition to date and drew hundreds of graduate students and GSU supporters. Co-President Claudio Gonzalez said that a strike would demonstrate to the administration the value of graduate student labor. Gonzalez said that they don't want to go on strike, but he also said it's become very clear that the way this institution is going to recognize GSU is by making them recognize how integral they are to making the university function. So why did the GSU come to this breaking point? Uh, when they were asked what brought GSU all the way to a possible strike, many GSU members cited systematic problems in the way the university treats its graduate students. And in response to a request for comment on the possible strike, university spokesperson Jeremy Manier did not address several of the Maroons' specific questions, including how the university would respond to a strike and what, in the university's view, triggered the most recent escalation. His full statement reads that we have a great appreciation for all that graduate students bring to the university's intellectual community. The university is working directly with graduate students and faculty on many fronts to improve graduate education and quality of life. 
And finally, on Thursday morning, one day into voting, Provost Daniel Deermeyer sent graduate students an email announcing that the university administration is forming a committee of faculty and students to look into creating more dedicated spaces for graduate students, citing the lack of space as a key complaint among many graduate students. And this announcement comes on the heels of Deermeyer's announcement earlier this month that the university will audit graduate student compensation this summer. Shifting away to the broader Hyde Park community, a Trader Joe's will open in the building that used to be occupied by the closed grocery Treasure Island at Lake Park Avenue and 54th Place. So when is this going to open? So the Trader Joe's plans to open this upcoming fall. So why was the Trader Joe's chosen? The university put out a survey in November asking residents of the area what kind of grocery they would want, and responders requested a Trader Joe's three times more than any other grocery. Are there any further details on the opening of this Trader Joe's? A Trader Joe's spokesperson said that more details, including hiring efforts, would be shared with the community as the store moves closer to opening. And then, just to briefly highlight some student accomplishment, three UChicago third-year students, Keir Adams, Nikhil Pandit, and Maritha Wang, were recently awarded Barry Goldwater Scholarships, which are prestigious awards given to high-achieving students in natural sciences, math, and engineering. The award spans from one to two years, and award recipients receive $7,500 annually that can be used to cover tuition or any other school-related fees. So congratulations to them. That's all the time we have for you today. Music for the Weekly is provided by Andrew Dietz, Aaron Senden, and Kenny Tabit-Lavega. Thank you to the Logan Cage staff for the provision of the audio equipment and the space to record. As always, I'm Ron. And I'm Isaac. Thank you for listening and see you next week for episode 44.